you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. And Larson. Yeah, welcome back to Going In Raw Mad Chat. It's the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to, powered by the magic of Patreon videos. Right here, youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Available wherever fine podcasts can be found. You can also find us on the Patreon. If you want to get involved in Mad Chat, if you want your video question answered, debated, uh, uh, researched here on Mad Chat. Researched? We do a modicum of research. We think about things. Isn't that research? No. Um, I, had to, I had to go. I had to research the WWE roster, their costumes for one of these questions. So no. I, I, that's right. good research. All right. right All right. All right. $20 a month. All you got to do is kick us $20 one time, and then you can have your Matt Chat question on the entire month of the month that you kicked in that money. Uh-huh. And we'll answer that question, and you get exposure to thousands upon thousands of friendos in the community, all saying very nice, warm things about you on YouTube. Uh, so we're there, and then we're on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash going in raw. We've got new teacher designs, 20% off right now. Everything at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash going in raw is 20% off. Go check it out. we got some awesome new designs. Got a chill Roman shirt. Oh, man. Got all the going in raw logos there. It's all got vintage stuff. You get a throwback that, like fun wrestling. Right there. Yeah. It's all great. Check it out. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash going in raw right now. 20% off. Yes, please. Go check it out. Anyways, uh, who's up first? Christopher Rampersod is first up. Let's see what Christopher has to say. Mm-hmm. Hello, Steven Larson. So my question is, do you find Miz annoying now? I feel like his promo, I guess, AJ Styles was pretty harsh, and AJ have no comeback, and it's not even his fault. Do you think that Miz is getting very annoying and very stale at the moment? Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Um, is the Miz getting annoying, Steve? I I I have actually found the opposite. I feel I feel like he's getting less annoying. Um, so uh, he's supposed to be annoying because that's his job. He's a heel. Um, well, I know that's your take, but I mean that's that's the this isn't something we need to really debate because we're debating the same thing, like the same thing. Yeah, in character he's supposed to be annoying because he's a bad guy. Um, so I guess on one hand that kind of means he's doing his job if that's what you're feeling. Um, I as the as the years go on, I find him more and more entertaining. Um, I think he can still annoy the crap out of me, but in that way where I I love to hate him and I hate to love him. Um, so no, in in short, I think he's doing I think he's doing a fine job. I think he's doing great. Yeah, if he's annoying you, that means he's probably doing his job correctly. Probably he amongst the many heels. In WWE, who make good points, he is the foremost. He is top. He is top. His is superior. His is superior. Um, as we just saw in SmackDown this week, several good points uh, about Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. about AJ Styles, about the WWE title. Yeah. Um, you know, if 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 a heel is 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 stirring up emotions in you, that probably means they're doing their job right. Probably, yeah. Um, unless it's like an X Pac X Pac heat situation. Yeah, I know. That's I mean, that's that's the thing, man. These days, 
Look, these days, it's 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 got to be tough to be like. Can you even be a heel anymore? Is there even a heel? Is you there gotta, a heel face? Is that a thing anymore? I don't know. You got to do some really <coughs> dastardly stuff to be a heel and remain a heel. Because mm-hmm. if you do good work, people start to appreciate your the quality of your work, and they'll start cheering you because of it. Yeah. Or you have someone. You have like Becky, who I guess turned heel at SummerSlam, um, but the crowd loves her because she's awesome because she's charismatic as all hell and she's incredibly likable yeah and and the nature of their feud from both sides charlotte and becky is incredibly relatable like people can understand why each of the the characters feel the way they do Mm -hmm. um the last couple of good bad guys that i can think of off the top of my head jinder mahal and carmella yeah carmella's a good heel because here's the thing. If somebody loves you for a very long period of time and really appreciates your work, and I'm talking about Becky Lynch right now, nobody's going to boo that person. Nobody's going to do that. With The Miz, The Miz has built a very, very solid career of being actually annoying and making you actually wonder why he's still around. I'm talking about like 10 years ago. Yeah, like 2011. Yeah, yeah. And he was somehow champion. Right. And he's been around so long he's actually become very good at his job to the point that in this day and age where exactly what you said is correct people will just appreciate good work Mm -hmm. and so the whole point of well you're supposed to boo this person because they're a bad guy that's just bullshit now that's just bullshit you know it's all entertainment they're all (laughs) performers we all know they're performers enjoy the performance like cody did a really good job um, of getting, and I mean, here's the thing. I still think that there's there's a space for performers who pride themselves on getting heel heat, mm-hmm. on on being good bad guys. I think Miz is one of them. Oh yeah, I think Miz does a very good job with that stuff. Um, Cody, when uh, like a year ago, was doing a very very good job at that, but the nature of where his career was taking him almost necessitated him having to do good guy things. Yeah. And so he gets, you know, when 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 people understand that your career ambitions are virtuous, as with Cody, you know, of course people are going to cheer that guy mm-hmm. when he showed up at All In and mm-hmm. was trying to get the NWA title. That yeah. was the story being told there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It's it's such a it's such a I would I would suspect Christopher if you're if you're like a fan of guys like Champa, if you if you cheer guys who are supposed to be bad just because you enjoy their work and you find the Miz is getting annoying, I would suspect that you're just kind of over him as a character. Probably that's just my suspicion. Yeah, um, which is totally fine. There's a hundred other people on the roster. That yeah, you, basically everybody signed WB, so that you can appreciate. If, if he if he annoys you, there's <coughs> fifteen other heels that maybe. You can enjoy their work. Yeah, he's probably going to end up being champion sometime soon. Though. Yeah, that'll be neat. I, yeah, I, I, I imagine that's going to be the case. Yeah, yeah. Who's next? Uh, next, returning to Matt Chat, Vinny Elliott. Let's see what Vinny has to say. Hey, friendos, Vinny Elliott here. It's been a long time. So Thera Thabata asked a few questions on the Friendoverse Facebook group. And I said I will ask the second place question. So here it goes. If The Rock never left for Hollywood and stayed in the WWE this whole time, would he be the greatest of all time? Guys, have fun. I'll talk to you later. Hearty handshake, Larson, and a too sweet Steve. Take care. 
Thank you, Vinny. And thank you, Vinny. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Um, would The Rock be the GOAT if he had stayed in WWE instead of going to Hollywood? No. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Why, though? Stone Cold still would have been the top draw ever. Okay. Um, he still would have been, you know, the guy that, that, that spearheaded the charge against WCW and conquered WCW. Mm-hmm. None of that would have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, before we started, you mentioned maybe a good analogy for The Rock had he stayed would be John Cena. Yeah. And you have to give John Cena credit for longevity. He's been the top guy in the company for a decade yeah. plus. Yeah. However, as popular as he has been, never the draw that one Stone Cold Steve Austin was. Yeah. Never the merch seller that Stone Cold Steve Austin was. Uh, uh, so, Do you know that factually? No. Um, I mean, I know Cena sells a ton of merch. Mm-hmm. I mean, cumulatively, he's probably sold way more merch than Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, for those, especially those three years when Stone Cold was the hottest thing in all of wrestling. Yeah. I imagine like he was untouched in terms of, <coughs> sorry, you know, merch sales. Um, so on, the, on our whiteboard over here, the rock over there is tier two. If he had stuck around, he would have bumped up to tier one. Oh, okay. But I think you still got, you still got flair. You still got stone cold, um, to contend with as far as goat. Um, so no, as much as I love the rock, he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you still have stone cold. You still have Ric Flair. So no. Um, okay. So. The goat is a fairly subjective thing. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think the Cena analogy is an apt one. And I think a case could be made for Cena being the goat. Be honest with you. His longevity, what he can do with the crowd. I mean, Super Showdown was damn right comical with his six moves of doom. (laughs) But the fact that he can do that and still get the response that he gets. Um... Cena at this point right now just feels out of place in the WWE because he's too big. And when I tried to wrap my head around the idea of being in the WWE longer than he was, it was it would I think it'd be even more magnified. Because you look at the rock right now in Hollywood and just how big he is, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. When your ceiling is top draw in the on the planet, mm-hmm. on the planet then you're going to feel out of place or you're going it's going to come off as out of place. So I don't know what it would have looked like. It's just it's difficult to envision the WWE with the Rock having been around 10 more years, mm-hmm. like till 2013 like as a yeah, full-timer. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a really hard thing to yeah, envision. Yeah, it is really hard. And that's and all we can kind of go off of is the time he was there. So I sort of look at John Cena who kind of had, you know, when you look at the reactions he got when he was hot, they were hot reactions, yeah. you know. I personally don't feel he was at the rotten. Look, here's my thing. I don't think anybody besides Stone Cold was at the Rock's level promo wise. Oh, yeah. Maybe ever. And I even look at, dude, I look at Ric Flair's promos and they're great for what they are. They're, they're, they're top of the line. Yeah. I look at John Cena's promos, they're top of the line. But the Rock and Stone Cold, they just had that voice that physically. Mm hmm made you captivated. Like mm-hmm. you listen to them talk and it's like, I can't stop watching this guy talk. Yeah. That combined with their comic timing combined with, you know, how they deliver things. They were just once in a lifetime, dude, twice in a lifetime dudes. I, I honestly yeah. think that's my own personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess if you look at, see, I think he just would have ended up within the next, if he lasted until 2008, 
if he stuck around, if he didn't get the Hollywood bug, if he stayed around until 2008, it just would have been like, why are you still here? You, mm-hmm. you need to be doing other things because mm-hmm. this is like too small for you at this point. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I don't know. I, I mean, if, if, if your measurement of like goat is, is stone cold, which is a great measurement. Um, yeah, I don't know. He ever would have been the draw of stone cold. I don't think he would have. I think you're right about that. Um, could he have been, see, I do feel like Cena is a bigger crossover guy than stone cold. Yeah. Um, probably just because he's like, so crossover Whereas stone cold. Yeah. He crossed over. Everybody knew him, but it was kind of a limited it, version. Well, of yeah, crossover. it never sustained itself. I mean, he did, he's done, <coughs> I, mean, I guess your definition or, or your litmus test for crossover appeal is movie work. Stone Cold did some, and just but that could yeah. that that might have less to do with his crossover appeal, and maybe more to do with his ambition. Maybe he didn't want to do huge Hollywood movies. I have no idea. I know he still does some occasional, or relatively recently, done some movie work, but nothing on a huge huge uh, platform. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I would I would find it difficult to believe that he would have ever been like that's not. I don't want to do that because maybe he didn't have a good time shooting the condemned. Yeah, yeah, that could be. But then he did a bunch of movies. Yeah, I kind of feel like Stone Cold. Maybe, maybe Hollywood. Maybe saw him as having a. Maybe Hollywood saw him as seeing having a limited ceiling. I would think. I would suspect that's probably it because he's a very niche guy. You yeah. know, like he, he yeah. brings a very specific thing. Yeah, and which resonated incredibly at that specific time period. Yeah, in the, for the wrestling fans. within the wrestling and industry, now yeah. for podcast listeners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Cena, like he resonated from the Nickelodeon crowd to the Saturday Night Live crowd, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think he's been like a bigger and the same with The Rock, um, just to a crazier degree. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't think anybody would have been the draw that Stone Cold was because so much of what Stone Cold did also fed into the time mm-hmm. and what was going on at the time. It was just the perfect storm of stuff. And he was just that damn good yeah. in the world of wrestling. Yeah. So another thing know. too is to think and the rock was great regardless of Stone cold, but their multi-year feud uh, benefited both of them so much mm-hmm. that once stone cold retired, it, it would have felt like the rock didn't have that foil to play. Yeah, off I of, agree. You know, I agree to continually elevate himself. So, you know, it, I mean, it could have been a matter of me st- of Kurt angle or somebody stepping up and taking that spot that, mm-hmm. that stone cold had. But then again, stone cold is stone it, cold is, you know, once in a generation yeah, type totally. talent. So, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, next up, we've got, uh, my Zodiac yeah, killer, Steve Zodiac killer. Let's see what Steve Zodiac killer has to oh, say here. He's oh, not in the here. office. You're fine. Stephen Larson. It's Steve Zodiac killer here with another matchup question. Um, just a quick one. With Charlotte and Roman Reigns being pushed down our throats, do you think it really does help in the industry if you've got the connections, sort of like what Roman Reigns has with his family and uh, what Charlotte obviously has with Ric Flair? And do you think they'd be as far in the industry, like how many tight reigns they've had and everything, if they didn't have that connection? Um, I'd love to know you guys' opinions. Too sweet, high handshake, and I'll see you next time. Thank you, Steve Zodiac Killer. Thank you, Steve Zodiac Killer. Uh, what is it? Does oh, it help, it help talents to have. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in the case of Roman Reigns, I don't know. I mean, yeah, is it great to have your, if, if, if you're putting in good work and your boss sees something in you, oh, you're going to be top guy. Then, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't, to me, doesn't even feel like he's like connected. It just means to me that Vince really likes him and thinks that he can make a lot of money with him. And, uh, and there's a lot of evidence out there that suggests he's right. 
And there's a lot of evidence out there that suggests that they just their their creative on him has just been blunder after blunder. Um, I that's actually my feeling on it. I think that Roman Reigns could be top guy. I just think that their creative on him has been completely devoid of risk taking. The kind of risk taking necessary. The kind of risk taking that we saw with Stone Cold Steve Austin to get him to the top. Um, and so, in life, in wrestling, in jobs, even in like relationships. It's always good to be connected. Yep. So, yes. Do you know why we are here right now? Because of connections. Connections. Connections that we have made individually and jointly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, having connections will benefit you in life. Um, so, yeah, it does help talents to have connections, whether it be uh, through family, through friendship, whatever the case may be. But I don't think that that unto itself is a guarantee for any level of success. Mm-hmm. It opens the door. It might give you a chance, mm-hmm. but the bottom line is, if you don't deliver, then whatever connection you have really isn't going to matter. Yeah. Um, so regardless of if, if you get to your place through connections or otherwise, if you don't deliver, you're probably going to be looking for, <coughs> looking for another line of work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you got to deliver. Performance deliver. still matters. Performance still matters. It and really does. The performance of creative still matters. Yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, next. Matt Chat Hall of Famer Patrick Sparks. This is a tough question. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, friendos, Pat here. So, I am back to Matt Chat with a debate. And it is about Dave Meltzer's star ratings. We got our five-star matches, our six-star matches, and hey, even our seven-star matches. They're all great. But you know what's not great? Negative five-star matches. One in particular being Hogan versus Warrior at Halloween Havoc 98. Dave Meltzer gave it a negative five stars. Only a few matches have gotten that prestigious rating. But my debate for you is, is that the worst match of all time? If it's not, why not? If it is, why is it? It's a pile of shit. I'd like to know your thoughts. Thanks, friendos. Bye. Thank you, B-Man. Thank you, B-Man. All right. I, it's, it's hard to argue against Hogan Warrior, Halloween Havoc 98, for a variety of reasons. However, I will try. And it's not as if this match that I'm going to mention was long enough mm-hmm. to be a train wreck from a technical or storytelling perspective. Mm-hmm. It is just completely and totally nonsensical. Yeah, yeah. I'm speaking of the brief match between Hulk Hogan and Yokozuna to conclude WrestleMania 9. Let's go back a little bit. Uh, during WrestleMania 9, Hogan was in a tag match with uh, Brutus Beefcake against Money, Inc. They won, I believe. No, maybe they lost. I don't remember. It's immaterial. Um, the, the, the advertised main event was Bret Hart defending the WWF title against Yokozuna. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Yokozuna won via nefarious means, mm-hmm. and Hogan comes out to protest this injustice. In the, in, 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 while he's protesting, somehow he manages to earn himself a title opportunity. It's bizarre. It's not, that's not so undoing an injustice. That's furthering it. That's, that's another step Brett is away. It's compounding an injustice. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's another step away Brett is from the WWF title. Hogan had no claim to that belt. None, zero. 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 He comes out there thinking, I'm going to go uh, have Brett's back. Oh, wait, title opportunity? Sure, why not? So what happens? Boot, leg drop, WrestleMania 9 ends with Hogan 
as WWF champion makes zero sense. Zero. Zero no, sense. No it was whatsoever. the waning days of Hulkamania. Yeah. From a business perspective, it made zero sense. Yeah. Um, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. get it. I mean, is it, is it just a, a thing that Vince <coughs> felt obligated to do that, oh, it's conclusion of WrestleMania, time to put make sure Hogan's still champion? That's the last time it happened, though. So. You know what? That's the thing about Vince is that it really took him a lot for him to, you know, like I was talking about, like the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era kind of felt like a Hail Mary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, let's get really let's get really lowbrow and see what happens. And then luckily, he was just chock full of talent. Not luckily. He had an eye for talent, and he had an eye in terms of what to do with talent. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to... Say that was lucky. He knew who to bring in. Um, but, uh, okay, so the case for, again, this is a very subjective thing, but I could see a case for Hogan Warrior at Halloween Havoc being the worst match ever on this grounds. Number one, their Mania match was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. For what they could bring to the table, it was pretty damn good. Yeah, it was relatively dramatic. Probably one of the better Hogan matches Considering one of the, 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 the limited capabilities in ring of both the competitors. Right, exactly. So you've got that. So compare and contrast, this was a terrible match. And if the one of the reasons why it could be up for um, worst match of all time is the circumstances regarding everything. Number one, as bad as Hogan is coming out at that Yokozuna stuff, him being in a position of power, at least at least that was like that was uh, you know the, the mastermind himself, Vince. Either it was his idea or Hogan cleared it through him or whatever happened, but he had Vince's blessing to do that. On the other hand, you got Hogan basically running the show. So this is him. This is all him. This man lost to Warrior seven years earlier, or eight years earlier brings in the ultimate warrior at probably a massive price tag just to score a cheap win over him, right? On the other hand, you have warrior who's coming in. He understands that his job is to do the job to Hulk Hogan. Neither of these men at any time during this match are on the same page. It was like a multi-million dollar version of that weird Rachel Ellering, uh, Christy oh, James yeah, yeah, match yeah. where they just sat there and stared at each other. It was like that. Neither men, like they would throw a forearm, the other guy wouldn't sell. The other guy would throw a former forearm, he wouldn't sell. There was no, nobody was on the same page. These two men were wrestling two completely different matches in their own respective universes, but they were colliding in the same ring at the same time. It was absolutely bizarre. Didn't uh, uh, Hogan burn himself with flash paper? Was that this match? I think so. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Okay, yeah. He lit it and it went off in his face. Like, how many flash explosions did this guy follow? just follows him around? So, no, this was... The case could be made that because of the magnitude, like, oh, wow, Hogan Warrior 2. And then I remember in the Rise and Fall of Ultimate Warrior DVD, Hogan was... Um, poo-pooing the idea that this was like a this was supposed to be built as a rematch anyways do you remember this this was really bizarre I'll, I'll show it to you afterwards hopefully you can find it somewhere in that DVD he said that he one of the reasons he was upset with Warrior is because Warrior said on TV that um, that he had already beaten Hogan he beat him once 
And Hogan's response to that was, well, why would anybody want to watch the match if they already know what happened the first time? And I'm like, that's what a rematch. I don't, what are you talking about? That's a rematch. I remember being so confused by that. We'll have to watch that again just to make sure I'm not tripping. If, if I am, you can just cut this out. Um, but yeah, it just you bring a guy in just to win. It's, it's not real, man. No, it's not real. None of it's real. It's not real. Nobody cares. No one cares. And you know that nobody plays good with Warrior. He's on his own little level. So, no. this I mean, a case could be made for sure, given how much money was wasted on it. I want to see the, the match at Triple Mania a few years back. Viano 3, 4, and 5, I think. That also got a negative 5-star Taking rating. on uh, Murder Clown, Monster Clown, and Psycho Clown. Do we know how many negative 5-star rating matches there Just have been? Just a few. Just a handful. Yeah. Well, we have to do... We have to, like review those or something we yeah have to do like a check those out i mean party. it's a triple mania too any excuse to watch triple mania <coughs> oh i'm all in I, I need to educate myself more on triple mania yes uh next up question from another matt chat hall of famer zach s so oh nice zach has to say all right what's good Stephen larson many friendos out there it is your friendo hall of famer matt chatter zach s come at you with another matt chat question the question this week is there's two major f- uh, formerly major stars on the main roster that have really like, gotten like you know a bit of a down roll. Those two being Finn Balor and Bobby Roode. So the question surrounding those two that I have is, who is going to be more difficult to retrieve back their aura, their just their atmosphere that they like they were the man and they did what they wanted to do. Who's going to be harder to get back to that position? Thanks, boys. Thank you, Zach S. Thank you, Zach S. Oh, I go first. You go first. Do I? Yeah, man. No, I go first. You go first. That's right. It's Bob Rude. You have to look at you have to look at who has fallen the furthest. And I don't think there's any any debate over who's fallen the furthest. It is right here, right now, Bob Rude losing to Connor in the Ascension. And then he's about to get jobbed out. Him and Gable are about to get jobbed out to others of pain. Maybe they'll pick up a moral victory. But I kind of feel like this whole thing is being used for the others of pain to get over and then move on. Um, I'm not even certain that Bob Rude's going to get a heel turn out of this. He is sub-loser's locker room. He's in in the area of like a Mike Kanellis, who apparently is debuting on 205 Live tomorrow, but a couple days ago for the people watching this. It's Bob Rude. How do you do this? How do you do it? It's Bob Rude, Larson. That's like the answer. So here's Bob Rude's saving grace. Heel turn. Okay. In NXT, we saw what he can do as a heel, and it's exceptional. It is. Exceptional. Yes. Um, Finn Balor has been stuck in this kind of generic babyface character since he debuted in NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, and since he got hurt, He's been given a couple opportunities um, at a title, but it never really seemed like he was going to win it. Yeah. Um, he's just stuck in, like, upper mid-card purgatory. Yeah. And I don't really see, based on the level of talent that's ahead of him currently, in terms of the order of the card, I don't really see a way for him to get out right now. He's kind of stuck in this middle ground, whereas Bob Roode, yeah, he's in the doldrums right now. He might be the lowest of the lows. It just takes, I think, for Bob Roode, a heel turn for him to rebound. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. It's not a guarantee, however. Yeah. 
thing about Finn also is that if you look at where he came from, he's have he's had the yeah he's had the higher the 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 higher fall because when you debut as the Universal Champion, when you de- when you debut the way we think they should debut the Undisputed Era, de- debut give him the belt, yeah, immediately give him the title, which they did, and then he gets hurt, and then he gets hurt. That's a tough thing to come back from. And so he, he's got a higher ceiling has to climb. He ever back had to. his rematch? He's not had his rematch yet. Oh, wait, no. Roman gave it to him. Yeah, Roman, Roman gave, it, gave to it to him. That's right. Right for SummerSlam. And then he won clean, and then Finn quantum leaped out of the situation because I think at that point, like, Braun or yeah. somebody. Yeah. So, um, it's it's Finn, granted, right now he's on a higher position of the card. But I just don't see how he's going to get out of it mm-hmm. because the Shield's there. Drew's there. Braun is there. Um, whereas, at least Bob Roode, if he turns heel, mm-hmm. there is always a chance for him – to go on a run, work his way up to the main event scene to be in at least a decent feud with a face champ yeah. or be a transitional champion between face champs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, they're they're both in they're both in bad situations, but mm-hmm. I look at who's in a who seems happier right now and Finn. You know, and that's the thing about Finn. <coughs> that a lot of people complain about you know, his standing and whatnot, how high he could be. He had the Universal Championship. He's already, I know he was hot shit in New Japan, but he was a junior in New Japan for most of his run there. Yeah, pretty much all of it. You know? And so I think he's already hit a much higher level in WWE. He he had a taste of the big belt. Mm-hmm. He did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more than he had in New Japan. Yep. So I love Finn. You love Finn. We oh, want yeah. Finn to be all champion. Yes. The entire of champion. Yes, he is real. Um, but I think he's done pretty well for himself in WWE. He cannot yeah, he's be doing all right. He can't be unhappy about he's that. He's doing all right. Uh next, a new match chatter, Flame Spitter. There we'll see what Flame Spitter has to say. My first match chat question, I want to talk about NXT tag teams. Now, a lot of NXT tag teams that have came up to the main roster have been rather lackluster, uninspiring. Or just flat out failed. What I want you to debate has been the worst tag team that came up to the main roster from NXT. Also, I want to shout out to A.O. Worm, whose wife gave birth last week. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Flame Spitter. Thank you. I'm actually really disappointed when you read the name. I expected there'd be fires shooting from his mouth. Naria of Flame. Generally, where you spit from. All right, there's a lot of options to choose from here the worst NXT tag team call ups. Um, there are more bad ones than good ones. Has there been a good one? <laughs> right. I mean, AOP is kind of putting it back together. Maybe. But the jury's still out. Yeah, they bungled Revival. Of course, they got hurt pretty quickly. Who's over there on SmackDown? Not Sanity. Sanity. They're bar- not even on the show. Yeah. See, uh, the Ascension seems like the obvious answer. However, I'm going to go in a different direction. Hype bros. Oh, wow. So Zack Ryder... He was hot stuff for a while. Yeah. He really got himself over because it was a YouTube series. They put the U.S. title on him. And I remember hearing rumors that the ratings were starting to not be good. And for some reason, they blamed Zack Ryder for it. And so that he got in that angle with John Cena and Eve Torres. Oh, you know what, man? I'm sorry not to cut you off here. When somebody asked us the other day what our, one of our controversial opinions was, mine would have been they were right about Zack Ryder. Oh. I, I, because I never... No, I was never really into him either. I loved, I loved that he made it on his own, mm-hmm. that he got himself over. Mm-hmm. 
I did kind of feel like it was not the kind of over you need to be to be like it is, it's not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. agree with that. I mean, but I not, love Zachary. I think he's great. Yeah, he's great. But I never saw him as like legit. No. Go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, so he was U.S. champ, got in that feud with Cena and Eve Torres, and then he, they had him drop the belt, and he disappeared for a while. That was horrible. Ended back in NXT. Yeah. Um. And then they paired him up with Mojo Rawley. Yeah. As a couple of like hype party dudes. Right. And they never really did much with them in NXT. Yeah. 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 Um. They brought him up to Maine. Didn't really do much with them there either. No. Um. I mean, they they were basically so invisible. We actually conjured up a story. That Mojo Raleigh was essentially uh, Zack Ryder's Tyler Durden. Right, exactly. It was a projection. Yeah. yeah. Didn't actually exist. Boy, that was a great idea. That was. Somehow, somebody can put it in a, what, Mojo or Zack Ryder's Wikipedia entry. That's right, yeah. Regardless, you have Zack Ryder, a former U.S. champion, a guy who at the time was still getting cheered by the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, you had, they didn't do a ton in NXT, so to a certain degree, they're a blank slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mojo... When he was super hype, Mojo had his charms. He was energetic, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, people would have got behind as as we saw at WrestleMania when Zack Ryder won that ladder match to win the Intercontinental Title. Mm-hmm. People would have got behind another Zack Ryder push. And if you'd done it in a tag team, it might have gone somewhere. Mm-hmm. Instead, they just didn't do anything with him. Yeah. And again, it's it's it's, it's a situation where they pretty much from the get go were just uh, mired in mediocrity. There was at least the Ascension. They were the longest reigning NXT Tag Team Champions. They can hang their hat on that. Yeah. The VOD Villains, at least they won the tag titles in NXT too. They can hang their hat on that. Uh, the Hype Bros, you got Zack Ryder there in NXT. Do something with them. You know what's weird? That the two most successful tag teams, and one of them, I, I call a tag team because it's inevitable. The most successful tag team to come out of NXT might be the Iconics. Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be. Could be. Could be. Either them or, oddly enough, Enzo and Cass. Yeah. They were supremely over. Yeah. They were so over. Never had titles. Nope. That is so bizarre. It is weird. You know. It is really weird. I mean, they ended up not being in the company. I do kind of feel like, no, I, I feel you on hype, bros. I, I, for me, it's the Ascension. Because like you said, they never really did anything with them at NXT with uh, the hype bros. Yeah. The Ascension... Had those titles for like a year, and granted, their competition was you know less less than to be desired, <coughs> left a lot to be desired. Um, but uh, they came in with like a great entrance, and then they cut a career killing promo. I've never seen a promo end a career like that. Besides uh, Jack Swagger's weird Rolling Stones promo, oh, yeah, that was bizarre. That was well, really his bizarre. career is already on the downward his spiral. Career is anyway, basically that over. That was talking about a hell mary. That was the wrong, that was high risk, little reward. Oh, yeah. Um, but I've never seen people sh- immediately, within a moment, within a sentence, three sentences, the crowd went from, oh, man, these guys are cool to, fuck you. We don't want to see you anymore. That was a promo specifically designed to get Xbox heat. That was horrible. It was really bad. Man. Really so bad. for sure, I, I, in my opinion, to go from, hey, we have this massively hot commodity. Mm-hmm. Let's bring them in and see how many sentences we can bury them in. Yeah. Three. A promo. Three many. Yeah. Three, three many. Three many. Yeah. So from my point of view, it's the Ascension. Yeah. Wow. That's a good answer. Yeah. 
next, another Matt Chat Hall of Famer, Christian. Christian. Let's see what Christian has to say. Nice. Top face in the world. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. All right. So the question is, oh man, God, blink, blink, and you might miss that one. Um, best face in the world. Love and energy, man. It's Tanahashi. The ace is the face. Mm-hmm. That's who. Hiromu mm-hmm. Tanahashi. Wait. No. Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yes. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out, man. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. People seem to love that dude. He's all old and stuff. He still looks like a million bucks. Crowd still pops for him. He's like the Cena, but still relevant. It's main eventing Wrestle Kingdom coming up here. Just beat that whipper snapper Jay White. Um yeah, I guess it's the ace, isn't it? It's Daniel Bryan. Is it? Yeah. Is he bigger in Tanahashi than Hiroshi Tanahashi? Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, he at least in here in the states he is. Yeah. Um, he's kind of like the perfect storm of face. He's an underdog. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, you kind of win this one. Man. Uh, he's totally relatable. Oh my god. Yeah. Incredibly relatable. Yeah. Super charming. Genuine. Genuine. The most genuine person there is. And seems to love what he's doing. Oh, more than anything. I mean, he fought for three years uh, against the advice of several doctors mm-hmm. to get back in the ring because he loved wrestling so much. That's like the perfect storm of face right there. I can't really think of a, a more face face in wrestling today than Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it's Daniel Bryan. It's Daniel Bryan. It's Daniel Bryan. It's totally right. Daniel Bryan. You're right about that. It is. I am right. Thank you. I'm happy you agree. Look at freaking Tanahashi up there doing air guitar. Oh, Love and Energy is great, man. People, I actually hate that gimmick. Yeah, I'm, not a big, I'm not a big Tanahashi fan, which is why I didn't know his first name. Um, but but I see him and I'm like, oh, man, people really love this guy. Yeah. So I get that. All right. Let's see what Loki has to say. He's next. Oh, nice. Hello, Stephen Larson. Loki Richard here, the Freak of Flight, with another Matt Chat question. My question for you is, what is the most distracting the the most distracting thing fans can do to disrupt wrestlers? Thank you, Loki. Thank you, Loki. What? 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 It's the what chant. Yeah. The what chant can really get a an unprepared or less experienced wrestler completely off track while trying to do a promo. Yeah. Completely off track. I can't think of anything else. It's the what chant. That has to be the most distracting thing. I mean, sometimes when they do wonky stuff, like remember when Cass was going like when, when Cass had that terrible promo that a writer got fired for. And then I think Cass got fired for Yeah. When they had like his back to the crowd, mm-hmm. that weird stuff will throw people off too. That's fairly distracting. But that's just, that's not necessarily the fans did <coughs> to distract the wrestlers. Well, there's beach balls also, but the, you know, what's funny. I've, I don't can't think of a moment where anything happening in the crowd has distracted wrestlers negatively. Yeah, beach balls never really seem to do that. They just keep on trucking. Fights, wedding proposals, all that stuff. They Anything just that happens keep on going. Cr- in the crowd, they seem to ignore it. It's when you're in a situation where you need the crowd response and you get a what back yeah. and you're not prepared for it, yeah. that can mess you up. Yeah. It's and then the you what. have to like try to change your cadence so that you don't stop or do yep. anything. Yep. It's, it's, the ooh, yeah, it's totally rough. the what. That is rough. Totally the what. Although I do appreciate that a good a good uh, heel generated boo like we saw in Seattle that threw at least that threw Leo Rush off it did he came up there John Cena is a legend um uh yeah 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 
where are we? Oh, next, Tim Spulock. Let's see what Tim has to say. Hey, friendos, Tim Spulock here with another Matt Track question. I got a hold of Sean after he stole my phone. And he's doing a good job selling. So that makes me wonder, who's the past generation's bestseller? You know, when things started getting more theatrical, then who is probably the current generation's bestseller? Maybe someone out of the ordinary, not like Kenny Omega or Adam Cole or the Undisputed Era. And then who's somebody coming up maybe in the indies that you've seen that sells amazingly, you know? Because we know we need better sellers than this. Uh, say bye, Sean. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. That's Pretty a, sure we just saw Tim kill a person. That was a good-looking uh, torture act there. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah. Anyways. Hey, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. Bestseller in the, from the past? I mean, I... For me, I'd probably say Mick Foley. Um, I don't. I honestly don't know if he actually literally was always in pain, or if he just acted really good. I think he had a lot of experience with genuine pain. Yeah, so he can channel those feelings quite easily. I think for me, it's probably for my money, it's probably of all time, it's probably Mick Foley. Man, oh man, I was hurt looking at that dude. Um, today, today, I I really really enjoy Roderick Strong matches. Because he's so good at getting across the idea that, man, this really hurts. He's really good at that. Like, I think that's one of the more underrated things of, of, in his sort of arsenal is his selling ability. Him and Gargano. Mm-hmm. They're both really good at mm-hmm. that. But I'd, I'd take Roderick Strong. Anybody for the future? Anybody you got your eye on? Well, it'd be it'd be your the guy that you're going to say okay, well, for me... current. So we'll just. All right. All right. Uh, all time. It was kind of a toss-up between Flair and HBK. Yeah. And it's not only because they can sell and, and make their opponent's offense look painful. It's because it makes their opponent look good. Yeah. You know? Um, Flair would go in the ring for an hour and get his butt kicked, only to either win by time of a draw or, or get a, a, a sneaky pin or, or win by some nefarious means. I mean, that was his yeah. job back in the day yeah. was go to the territories and make their top guy That's look why good. That's champion for so long. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's not it's because he's a he was a great seller and HBK yeah. was the same way, yeah he went overboard against Hogan but you know well no you know what's great about that that is a perfect illustration of why he was such a good seller because we all knew what he was doing yep, yep. because he's always so damn good and it's funny because I take a look at the stuff it, it so Dolph Ziggler gets kind of an unfair knock at of being sort of like wanting to be an HBK guy yeah I mean there's some shades of truth to it I I believe. It's obvious that he was heavily influenced. Oh, yeah. But his selling to me always came off as just a tad too cartoonish. Yeah, at times. It was kind of HBK versus Hogan, but not quite to that level. Yeah. Um, but then when you go and watch an HBK match, it's like, oh, man. That's why, in my opinion, like the the more apropos comparison would be like HBK and AJ Styles, who also would could be a top yeah, yeah, seller Yeah, 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 definitely, days. definitely. He's definitely in the conversation. I mean, watch uh, uh, the first Hell in a Cell match, HBK and uh, Undertaker. Oh, yeah. That's just HBK selling the whole time. Yeah, the yeah, whole time. Yeah. Uh, today, favorite seller, Mustafa Ali. Same reason. Yeah, sure. Um, man, he he looks like he's constantly in pain. Oh, man, yeah. But he also makes his opponents look good. He knows how to He knows how to sloppily fall, too. While They're, protecting himself. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a controlled sloppy fall. Exactly. He knows how to do that better than maybe anybody. I know. It's him and AJ. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah him and AJ. As yeah. far as a talent... With top-notch selling abilities, keep your eye on the future. I hear there's uh, this up-and-coming wrestler named Adam Mayhem. 
Um, hell of a talent. Hell of a talent. May have heard of him. Boy, oh boy. You know who's? You know who I think is going to be a top seller? Um, Sammy Guevara. Mm. Uh, watching that PWG match with him and Joey Janela, yeah. another guy who's you know hopefully he gets better sooner than later, but I think yeah. it's going to be like a year. Yeah, about a year. Um, but Sammy Guevara is really good. Yeah, he too. is. He, he is. Can, he gives it his all. Yep. Some of those dudes out there these days, I'm like worry about. I'm like, you guys need to dial it down a little bit. Osprey. Look yeah. At you Osprey. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, next from Ao Worm. Let's see what Ao Worm has to say. New father Ao Worm. What's going on, friend? Oh, it's your boy A.O. Worm. Another match chat question. It's my little, little man's here. He's asleep right now. Don't worry about that. Um, quick question. Throughout all brands of wrestling, who is your favorite commentary team? Mine's personally is the commentary team from ROH. That's my personal favorite. But who do you guys think of right now who is the best commentary team? Right. See you guys later. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thank you, AOM, and congratulations. Congratulations. A little baby right there. That's best. Um, you go first. Oh, I do. Favorite commentary team right now is the, the, the when they're together, New Japan commentary team, Kevin Kelly, best play-by-play guy in the business right now, <coughs> and Don Callis. If, I think I might have actually preferred Kevin Kelly and Steve Carino. That would have been my favorite. If 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 that if they were still together, that'd be my current yeah, favorite. Yeah, I love Don Cal, so I think he's great. Yeah, and it, it was pretty impressive how quickly they developed a pretty strong chemistry. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. it was a matter of like three or four shows, and it was almost on the same level as Kevin Kelly and Steve Carino. Yeah. Kevin Kelly and Steve Carino were fantastic together. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Imagine this. So, like, I, and the sad thing is we only got to experience a little bit of it because it wasn't too long after we started watching it, Carino took off. I think it was the performance center. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, when I was listening to those two, Kevin Kelly and Carino, it reminded me of if they put Tom Phillips and Corey Graves together, but without Vince or anybody else in their ear, mm-hmm. and they could literally do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Because remember when they were on like 205 Live together and they'd yeah, yeah. be cracking up? Oh, it was time? great. If they were yeah. still together, that might have been Yeah, my yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and that was the same way with Carino and, and Kevin Kelly. Yeah. Like during that first Wrestle Kingdom, oh when my gosh. those guys, when Girl is a Destiny, and uh, oh, it was it was uh, Tonga Lo was just cussing over the place, cursing the entire <laughs> Steve time. Steve Carino can hardly contain his laughter. Oh, it was oh, so, it was so funny. good. It was so funny. Um, I have to also give a uh, a runner up prize. Is it is it to to Matt Stryker and Vampiro? Oh, I was gonna say Booker T, Michael Cole. Corey Graves. Oh yeah, if they were, were still around, when we were as a lucky team. enough to get the three yeah, of them on Raw. If they were still around as a team, but Matt Stryker and Vampiro made Triple Mania so much, so much more than just Triple Mania. Yeah, for all like just how bad and, and hilarious it was. Oh, talk about not giving an F. Holy crap! Vampiro farted. <laughs> <laughs> that was next level. Uh, he said, "Yeah, they're, they call themselves OGT, but when you say OGT in Spanish, Ojete, it means motherfucker." <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. Oh, Matt Stryker was. Oh, that was hilarious. Wow. My favorite commentary team right now is NXT. Nigel McGuinness is next level, and Moro yeah, is he's next great. level. Yes, yes. And um, I even like is Percy still with him? Yeah, right? Percy's, yeah, Percy's, Percy's really good. No, and I I like Percy. I think he brings some stuff to the table. Um, that is my favorite commentary team right now, mainly for Moro and Nigel. Nigel's fantastic. I Nigel's love him on Two Hundred Five so Live. I love him on Two Hundred Five Live. So good. He's so good. Um, next up, we got Thereth the Bada. 
Hall of Famer here in the Friendoverse. Let's see what he has to say. Hey guys, unfortunately, this question is not from the Friendoverse this week due to something wonky going on with the poll, and it for some reason didn't go up in the Friendoverse, so I don't know. Oh, but so this one's just coming from my head this week, and my question is which one of you is a bigger fan of Undisputed Era? Thank you, Ther Thabata. Thank you, Ther. So, uh, uh, Steve, who, tell me why I'm top Undisputed Era fan. Okay, well, I think so. Their, their little hand gang sign is when you first try to do it, it's not the easiest to put together. And you got it because you're such a big fan. You got it so perfectly from the beginning. You could do it through immediate muscle memory. I'm sitting here fumbling with my hands thinking it's the Vulcan or West Side sign. No, as soon as the Undisputed Era, that, that the name comes up, you're in it to win it. You're the biggest Undisputed Era fan. I believe it is Larson. Um, Adam Cole said I wasn't Undisputed. Um, that is actually true. That is true. That is true. Steve actually has bought some Undisputed Era merchandise. That is actually true. I well. have not. That's true. What is Undisputed is Steve, apparently right now at least, is top Undisputed Era fan. You know, I think the biggest case for me is this. You put your uh, arm on Kyle O'Reilly's shoulder. The entirety of my awful, awful Undisputed Era interview was solely because I was such a mark for them. And you can even juxtapose that with everybody else. I'm a big fan of Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm a big Shayna Baszler fan. I'm a big Chris Hero fan. But I delivered all, and Carmella too. I delivered all those interviews with grace, intelligence, and wherewithal. But then when it came to the Undisputed Era, you I was- You yourself. I cheating myself. I, I was, it was, I had my stupid arm on that dude's shoulder. That's not a dude, that's Kyle O'Reilly. That was terrible. What a, and it was like three minutes long. It was just me sweating the entire time. Less than that. It was horrible. I'm lucky I even got that, that intro from yeah, them. Yeah. Holy crap. I'm surprised you didn't face total elimination from Roger Strong and Kyle O'Reilly no. given what happened. <laughs> He's just flying at me. Yeah. He was too close to fly at me. That was the problem. Yeah, maybe. Well, um, Roger Strong wasn't. He could have done the knee. So, yeah. So, that that's the thing. I am kind of curious, though, if you're in the same situation. No excuses. Listen, man. If you're out there and you see the Undisputed Era, no excuses. You need to get that interview. Yeah, it's true. I want to see you do it next All time. Right. All right. All right. Fair enough. Next, from Stephen M. Let's see what Stephen M. has to say. I'm going to start to a friend. This is going to move to the lights. I'm just going to expert. Stephen M. here with another match question. So, what's the best ring attire? Singles, trunks, etc., and power rank top five best ring tires. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you. Stephen All right, M. this is undisputed. Tights are the best. Going out there in trunks seems uncomfortable. It's like you're wrestling in your undies. Yeah. All you really have to do is look at Chris Jericho. <coughs> he's just way cooler in tights mm -hmm. than those. And he's got those little tiny trunks when he did wear them. Well, there's a bunch up in his butt and stuff. Mm -hmm. Then he comes out rocking some leather pants for that last match of yeah, his. Yeah. Wearing that sort of pseudo clockwork orange makeup and yeah, stuff. Yeah, man. Man, he was rad. He yeah, looked he was. great. Yep. Yep. Trunks. 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 They're not. Trunks. Trunks suck. Man. Trunks. They're not All right. Let's power rank our personal top five ring of tires. All right. You go. You can go first. All right. So my, I'm just reading off your notes. Yeah, right no. Here. I don't know where the notes are. They're in the same place they always are. So uh, number one is Kevin Owens. Um, he seems very comfortable. Comfy. So comfy. And, I mean, it's basically what I wear anyways. So Kevin Owens is number one for me. And it looks cool. He just looks cool. Number two, um, I'm a big fan 
of the Seattle Seahawks color scheme. Mm. So I go with Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. He also has some like real, I like when they have like, see, I'm okay with trunks. If they have like really big knee pads and kick pads and like everything else, mm-hmm. I'm okay with showing off the thigh. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the color scheme is really good. Um, I really actually like, I like Montez Ford's street profits attire. I'm not a huge fan of uh, Angelo Dawkins. He wears the singlet shirt, or I'm assuming a whole singlet, and then like way too baggy basketball shorts. Like when Kevin Owens wears basketball shorts, it's knee length, but it's not too big. Dawkins, they're like, they're way too big. I'm not into that. It's like 2003. You know, this is 2013 we're talking about, or 2018 right now, right? Yeah, it's 2018, yes. Right. Um, and so I like, but I really love the gold trim against yes. the black. Yes. I think that looks yes. great. Um, and then uh, the New Day have the best designs, bar none. The color scheme, the designs, and it's got pancakes on them. I love pancakes. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I'm going to go with this. This is going to be a surprising one. The one guy, you know, I've always, ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted to be like a metal guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can't really pull it off. No. My long when I do my hair long, I've never been able to commit to it. Um, I just could never be a metal guy. But Bray Wyatt has such a cool looking outfit. I would love. To, I would probably, if I was a wrestler, I'd probably go with something like that. To be honest with you. Yeah, he's got some good looking stuff. Because like you can be kind of hossish, and still pull it off totally great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are my those are my favorites. Right uh, now. In no particular order. Kazuchika Okada, whether it be full robe or current balloon Okada, he's always got awesome looking pants. Yeah. They look like they weigh a ton too because they're covered in sequins and stuff. Like a year ago, Okada was. His, I, no, I'm all about the pants, man. They're just like they're just red pants. They got all sorts of sparkly Get stuff. Get those on at it. Mervin's, Some man. Intricate designs on it. No, Okada's got the best pants. Fair enough. Uh, Owens, because as you said, it looks super comfy. So comfy. Uh, New Day again, as you said, just the best design stuff. True. Just, I don't think they've ever had they look a mediocre always uh, ring gear set, much less anything worse than that. Is always exceptional. Uh, Charlotte robes, oh, yeah, her sure. robes are awesome. Yeah, um, the one she wore at a, a Super Showdown was incredible. Oh yeah, her mania attire is always great. Yeah, uh, and a personal favorite of mine, hmm. Doctor Wagner Jr. Oh sure, he looks yeah. like a time traveler. He really does. He's yeah. got that huge. Uh, fur coat. Yeah, it's great. He's got the the face paint. Yeah, he looks like a time traveler. Looks like someone who came back in time from the future. Probably is. You know who? Um, you know who actually has really really cool looking design ring gear that I feel goes sort of unnoticed. Bailey. Yeah. Her designs, the designs that she always rocks, they're always great. It's 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 minimal. Uh. Finn Balor. Okay. It's just a combination of the jacket yeah, and the cool. various colors he wears. Yeah, but he can look he cool. Always looks cool. He can look cool. Anyway. We haven't seen Pewter Balor in a long time. That fool can come out in a freaking bathrobe. He'd look cool as hell. Oh heck yeah. Um and then I was oh, and then you know you know who's ring gear I really like too? Carmella, the singlet with the money sign on mm-hmm. it. Oh, I always think that looks fantastic. Yeah. And then she's got the J's. Yeah. She always looked like a million bucks, yeah. dude. Agreed. Uh so got a few text questions here. <laughs> First from Bobby Mincy. He says, uh, hey, Stephen Larson, after that vicious chair shot last week, he's still in a medical facility recovering. Oh, no. With that being said, who are two wrestlers, one each, you wish had longer careers that ended short due to career-ending injuries? Thanks, guys. Um, Magnum TA. That was my first response. And Paige. 
I'll say Magnum TA. So, like, Edge didn't really, his didn't end early. He had accomplished, like, basically everything he Yeah, I mean, it ended maybe sooner than he wanted he it like to. like 34 or something? 37. Happened? He was 37? Yeah. That's when they sign people these days. I know. But he had a good 10 years or so, in de- more longer than that. Probably closer to 14 in WWE. It was just a bummer the way it ended. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't want to see that. Um I mean, I didn't become an Edge fan until a little bit after that. To be when honest, you realize how many neat things he did. He did so many neat things. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe Edge, but Magnum TA. Magnum TA is the most interesting one because if there was anybody who really, whose presence might have actually disrupted history as we know it, it might have been Magnum TA. Besides Doctor Wagner Jr. Obviously, yes, yes, um, because he's a time traveler. Time traveler. But Magnum obvious. TA may. I mean, he could have gone to WWE. And been like a massive star. He could have been a massive star in NWA. Well, yeah, but then you know you're not going to stay there. You're going to go on to the. Well, not necessarily. I mean, if if, if if it would have been interesting, interesting to see what kind of competition NWA could have put forth with Magnum T at the helm. So yeah, we could be looking at uh, an era where Jim Crockett was like you know buying up TV or buying up buying the WWE. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, on the back of Magnum TA. We'll never Who know. Knows? Who we'll knows? Never know. We'll never know. Um, next, from Ryan Rugani. Do you think Fox is influencing SmackDown? It seems the way it's more based on wrestling like NXT, and that's what Fox wants to get the male 25 to 45 demographic once it moves to Friday nights. Um, SmackDown right now seems to exist in the middle ground between Raw, which is far more character-based. Let's say they disregard in-ring action, because they don't. And NXT, which is predominantly in ring yeah smackdown kind of exists right in between that it has my favorite thing it's great um and i don't know if if fox is influencing smackdown because i feel like smackdown's been that way for a while yeah really barring the whole shane mcmahon kevin owens daniel bryan thing smackdown it's 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 had the same feeling more or less since it's kind of got its legs under it after the brand split if you take that period out it's been a pretty consistent show I would I would find it difficult to believe, especially a year out from the contract taking effect. That this far out, I suspect it's going to be more along the lines of okay, moving brands. We're going to do a big thing. We're going to do a superstar shakeup. We're going to move some of our bigger what they perceive of as some of their bigger stars, like maybe Roman Reigns, over to SmackDown um, for to be on the network where the ratings will probably be bigger than Monday Night Raw. Maybe, maybe, but it's Friday night on I network know, TV. So who I know, knows? I know. Um, but I do find it difficult to believe that they would start making those moves now. Um, I love SmackDown. That was doing oh, heck yeah. so good right now. It is. It's a great show. Yeah. Stellar show. One last text question. From Joshua Martinez. He the just, dynamic knight Martinez. Yes, he just says, how much stuff like this has to happen until WWE says enough? And he had, uh, links to a tw- tweet. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Um, about a, a Saudi journalist who uh, was apparently killed at the Saudi Saudi embassy in, in Istanbul, I believe, Oof. and dismembered. Oh, my gosh. <coughs> so... Uh, I mean, it's a big ass mess, dude. I don't know, man. I don't like. Know. I don't know at what point business interest period will tolerate this kind of stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it's not just WB that does business with um, the Saudi government. Um, so I don't know. Reading about this kind of stuff, it's it sucks. It sucks. 
But I guess even from WWE's perspective, I mean, I don't know how they can put on during their shows, put forth the propaganda effort like they did it at Greatest Royal Rumble when this kind of stuff happens. I know. And we expect to take them seriously. I know. I know. I wonder if there, I, I am kind of curious as to, I agree with everything you said, of course. Was there anybody in the room when this deal was proffered and being discussed saying, man, is this a good idea? You know what I mean? Is there mm-hmm. anybody saying, look, I get it. This is a shit ton of money. Um, but really, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if anybody's in the room saying that. I don't know. I don't know either. There had, there had to be somebody there. So You'd have to think there had to have been some, you would hope, at least, the minimum, some discussion <laughs> right? about whether taking this enormous sum of money was worth the PR disaster that WWE is going to get on a variety of fronts by taking that money. Yeah, yeah. Like, so far, they've been able to mitigate it to a degree. But if they do the same kind of propaganda stuff at Crown Jewel, this close to this kind of stuff happening? Yeah. It all depends on how, and not to be a cynic about it, but it all depends on how this kind of, how much this activity sort of breaks through in the mainstream consciousness, you know? And this isn't like a political statement, but there's so much, there's so much happening in the world that just has P, have, you know has everybody's head spinning mm-hmm. that it's difficult you know what the climate change report came out the other day that said hey if we don't lower emissions by like no 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 60%, no, 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 no if we don't cease carbon emissions by 2050 okay, we are yeah. all fucked yeah that's what it said yeah exactly not lower cease yeah um, and that was in the news cycle for what six hours yeah and then that story the New York Times had about Trump evading taxes for all those years yeah. $450 million. And that was a new cycle for like an hour and a half. Hardly anything. I know. It's just, it's all being thrown at people. And, you know, again, not to get like, you know, political or anything, but it makes me wonder, like, something like this happens. We're just not in the climate where people seem to give a damn. This has so, had, this has been, I've been hearing about this for the last three days. Yeah, it's been percolating, but also you and me, we, we, we pay attention not a lot of people do. And because of that, a lot of stuff that we pay attention to just doesn't hold traction. And if it doesn't, then there's not going to be, sadly, there's not going to be any repercussions for WWE taking a deal like this. There just isn't. And so that's just, that's the sad fact of the matter. It's a sad fact of the matter. So I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. It's, 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 it's a bummer. Yeah. It's an absolute bummer. Yeah. I don't know. You know what we should do? We should show up for a crown jewel. Instead, we should just play some video games and say all the money that we're donating is going to freaking another good cause or all the money that we're getting from Super Chats or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, have, we'll have to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we definitely will. We'll talk about it. Um, anyways, that's it for the show. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Your words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.